Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hoop ballers. Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls. And the area around them. Let's talk about manscaped.com go there and use promo code hoopball20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn like the lawnmower 3.0 with a built-in led light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts Also, the gooch. It is hard to get to the gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razer. Full, long battery life. Then check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology, just like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. Hoopball20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah, that's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article in the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Let them know that we sent you. Hell, specifically type in my name. I want them to know. But most importantly, you got to let them know what podcast that is. And it is Today in Sports Betting. You let them know that we sent you. And then we, as a family, get to grow. And then we get to set you up to reap more benefits. And that is what's important to us because we are here to help you win money. And that is why we recommend my bookie. Their slogan is bet, win, get paid. And it's quite simply that easy. 
Use Bitcoin to get going. That's a high recommendation of VM Center at Vince Miracle, our guy. It's a recommendation of me. It's so easy. Dan Bespris, the podfather, Aaron Bruski, the godfather. They get in there. They get going with Bitcoin. They get their money in and out. And it's easy peasy. Who balls the promo code? Use that. Let them know that we sent you. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now, as a podcast, we have your balls and your bets covered. And without further ado, we have today in sports betting. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome back to another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Devin Ellington. We're at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. You can find the rest of the crew and information about the shows and our free plays over at Hoopball Gaming. And also... Hoop-ball.com because we have the brand new loyalty program for the members going on until August 18th. That means there will be a price increase in the premium stuff. And you listen to the show. New listeners, welcome in. But past listeners listen to the show and they notice that I, I don't do a ton of promo preach, you know, which is probably bad, I guess. But it speaks for itself. You know, the folks that get in there, they get in there, they use information that we give them that, you know, we love to give them and it works out for them. Fantasy basketball, DFS, gambling. We've got so many different new crafted packages now where you can combine a little bit of each. Pretty much it's a la carte, you know, Chef Tony over here, Tony Chachi. Uh, So yeah, go to hoop-ball.com. Don't forget the promo codes over at manscaped.com. Helped me out with my new Guy Fox look. You know, if I was recording this video, I could do a YouTube video or something. But just use your imagination. Uh, v for Vendetta for reference, uh, if you're not cultured enough. Uh, anyways, great, great show today. We're going to be having kind of like a... Zoom slumber party, like fiesta friend hangout thing. You know, little little tones of middle school and high school humor, I'm sure, will be had. We're going to cover sports aplenty, Big 12 conference controversy, Big 12 Texas. I'm about to rip into y'all's asses. And uh, we're going to talk baseball. We got some live betting going on. Go Tigers. Fade faulty day. It's working out for us. Tigers in the first five. Team total already hit. We were on the four and a half. And then we got Tigers full game. We got home run props from Jonathan Martinez in the wager pass. Everything, everything. I'm telling you, everything. We even talk about ultimate disc. That's right. Week eight this week is going to be exciting. So, all right. I think it's time that we just go ahead and 
bring our friends onto the show. Hoop ballers. This is going to be a fun, interesting, and informative program today. I've got a couple of longtime friends of mine located out there in Kansas City, some parts of the Missouri side, some parts of the Kansas. It's all swirled around. I've got my boy Ty James, or at Two Fingers, that's with the A-H-S at the end, and then also Aaron Passau, and that is at A underscore P-A-S-S-O-W. Double A's. Yes. Welcome in, guys. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, These fine fellas are with the Tailgate podcast. You can find that kcpn.com, kcpn on Twitter, at Tailgate KCPN. Um, You guys love talking about sports, and so that's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We We, do. We do love that. We don't get enough of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You do a lot yourselves. Um, Draft season, fantasy football season's coming up, NFL's coming up, y'all are football nuts. Um, I'm going to let you guys just take the stage and talk individually about kind of the last few months like tailgate podcast just talk about the work and the efforts and the fruits and the labors and all that good stuff whoever wants to go take it um well just over a year ago uh right around the draft last year you were part of that uh we got asked to uh basically host the first ever live broadcast first ever broadcast in general on the kansas city podcast network now called the kansas city public network after uh, the uh, acquisition by uh, the pitch here in Kansas City. Um, right. But we were asked to do our live uh, draft broadcast where we played the draft game that you are also familiar with. Uh, unfortunately, Devin and I came up on the losing end to Ty's team. Um, but uh, <laughs> It's all about the dark horse. Yeah. We missed on some picks that we should have gotten. They they hit their steals. They got those bonus points. Yes, they did. We missed on some that we should have gotten. We did a bad job of listening to the entire group. That's on me. But (laughs) (laughs) doing a little coach speak here. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we had a hell of a time. uh, And a few months after that, we got asked to join the Kansas City Podcast Network. Uh, as one of their sports podcasts. And um, we're seeing a lot of growth in that. And like I said, we they had the big deal with the pitch that is bringing in a lot of new viewers, and we're already seeing some growth in that. Um, Ty, myself, and Duncan, our other hosts who couldn't be here today, uh, talked started talking about doing a podcast together right around the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl parade a couple years ago. And we're lucky to see it come to fruition just a few months later uh, due to Duncan's uh, relationship with Gracie, our uh, CEO or president of the network. I don't know what her exact title is now. We've got all the people in charge. But, yeah, it's been a fun year. Uh, we've seen a lot of growth, and it's been a lot of fun just being able to talk sports with your friends. 
Yeah. And you and Ty are like the best, two of the best of buds that I've ever met. And then, you know, you toss Duncan in there and it's uh it's yeah. a great combination. Um, mm-hmm. Ty, you, uh, you know, you're a part of all this also, this whole draft game. And then like that, that was something that y'all came up with essentially. And uh, it started, uh, started years ago um, in college. And then I basically talked to Aaron about like the premise of what we did. And that was just a drinking game. And that was obviously just show up, watch the draft and get drunk. Um, And Aaron and I kind of combined and created rules and, um, I mean, just a lot of different things. It changed over the years, and then we just kept going with it. Just became our, you know, our Christmas, you know, our uh, yeah. our like our fun throughout the off season. And obviously, um, I said earlier, I joked that um, there's no, you know, that you imply that there's an off season. There's not an off season for us, and it's one of those things where every there's things to discuss year round, and we're we're coming up on the ramp up. You know, it was a it was a little slow, and then now it's um seems to be picking up pretty right before the football season starts so mm-hmm. yeah i've seen the prep work that goes into it and the spreadsheets and the documents and uh like aaron alluded to i got to be a part of the team game and i also we did the uh right before we went to see the avengers uh we did the one uh that year as individuals so i got to experience it in both different facets and uh equally entertaining exciting mm-hmm. And uh, the more structure it gets to it, the more growth it has. It seems it's just becoming uh, more and more of a thing in itself, kind of like a Chia Pet, and I, I totally dig it. Yeah, shout out. We uh, actually won the game this year as as a podcast. Uh, would be the Spoken and Midwest Mike's podcast head-to-head, and it's good to bring home that – have that clout in the yeah. network at the time, so – yeah, it was it was a lot of fun this year. Many drinks were had, <laughs> <laughs> as as they should have been. Yeah. Um, okay, so there is an elephant in the room, mm-hmm. and I mean, like a couple or so, but yeah. like this one's kind of it's kind of got me a little irritated. I say salty, probably um, like a well seasoned steak, and the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, I, I think my heart's about to probably be ripped out and like ran over and then like forced down my throat. And then you get, you get where this is going. Like, you know, it's just going to be a grueling process, I think. And I want to know kind of what y'all's thoughts are. The the big 12 ADs, everyone's meeting today. You know, it's, it's got it, so 5 PM today. A yeah. lot of swirling, a lot of swirling, a lot of mystery. And for those of you who live under a rock or perhaps inside of one, the universities of the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners, the big brothers, the, 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 you know, the, what am I, the, the, the face of the big 12, you know, the all powerful, as you can tell, I'm an Oklahoma state fan. Uh, The all powerful (laughs) red river guy. You know, and they reached out to the SEC secretly trying to join up. So I'm going to pretty much be negative. Nancy over here, you (laughs) two are Big Ten guys at heart, Ty, Michigan, uh, Aaron, Iowa. So 
I'm interested to hear what y'all think and kind of what the realignment could look like and what scalping is going to be done to the Big 12. Well, I was, and that's the reason why I wanted to grab some paper so I can remember some of the teams that we talked about. Uh, so, yeah, basically you just have like after OU and Texas are gone, you have kind of this eight teams that like none of them are really traditional powers at all. So, and you where, like, where do you go from there as far as, like, do these teams all start jumping ship and try to get in on this super conference trend? Or do they try to form their own conference and add in a few teams who could bolster it, but still you're not going to get any traditional powers? Um, I, I, I kind of think back to when Mizzou left and Texas A&M is that you always have the two big names. Um, but then you also have to talk about the auxiliary pieces that are going to jump as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's never just going to be just OU and Texas. And it has to be that alignment somewhere. And it's just, it's weird because, yeah, even if you do add teams, you're talking about not for lack of a better term, you're talking about scraping the bottom of the barrel. And yeah, you'll have a power conference, but you'll have a. I don't know if that, then that's something that Devin and I talked about. If you, if so, say everybody stays where they're at. Even if you even if you keep the eight that are there, and you add in maybe four four to eight more teams to try to get a mega conference, you're talking about Boise, BYU, SMU, Memphis, Cincinnati, Tulsa, Houston, North Texas was another one we talked about. Like that's not going to be an automatic bid conference. I'm I'm sorry, it's I I don't think that the committee is going to like if it spans twelve team playoff i don't think they're going to look at that and be like yeah that conference has to have someone representative every year and i mean obviously like we i mean you, you look at the two major sports between every conference obviously football and mm-hmm. basketball so you're looking at the, like yeah you build a pretty solid basketball conference yeah. i mean that's but at the end of the day one of the things that we always joke around about football is, makes the money man. football makes the money football's king you know like i mean a field house that you know has you know, 20,000 people does, re- does, you know, make a good prop and all that stuff, but a stadium that holds 75,000, you know, it's going to turn a lot more. Just, just football brings in more money too. Yeah. Like the, there's just so many more avenues for, for money in football. Like people watch football games, no matter when they're happening. I can't say that I always watch the small school basketball games. I, right. I couldn't tell you the score of most, BYU games if I if they were on TV but yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes because I think Ty's right I don't think that it's going to be these eight schools come together and are like all right well let's let's try to work this out I think that a couple more are going to be like this is falling apart let's get the heck out of here yeah um and then you're going to have maybe a group of six five or six schools that are kind of screwed and that that's that does suck. I I am on your side in that. It does suck to see something that was so good less than or right about a decade ago kind of fall apart yeah. because of greediness, basically. Bowlesby. Um, Bowlesby. Yeah, Bob Bowlesby, former Iowa athletic director, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's Not all being, Iowa's like, fault. And it sucks because it is all Iowa's fault. God damn it. Uh, no, Bullsby, like, as as much of the praise that he got last year and how the their conference handled COVID, I mean, you have to look at losing 
by the time this is all over, all of the traditional powers that you've had in your conference over the last 20 years, Nebraska is gone. OU and Texas are going to be gone. A&M gone. Like, where do you go from here? With I mean, Bob Bullsby has to, like, the other schools in there, if they're not going to leave, you have to look at getting a new commissioner at this point. Oh, absolutely. And, like, it's, it's just, it sucks. It, it was always going to happen eventually, like the mega conference thing, but it's, it just sucks to see it happen where eight schools are kind of being left with, like, hopefully you get picked up. Yeah, it's dumb. And there's only, I mean, there's only so much every conference can do because, I mean, um, I mean, you can add some teams to the Big Ten. You can add some teams yeah. to the Pac-12, but there are certain teams that are just on those outliers that yeah. just might not get a shot. Yeah, I think that ideally a lot of these conference want, conferences want to cap it at about 16 teams. And unfortunately, Big Ten's at 14, so they maybe add two. The ACC, I believe, is at 14, I believe. And the Pac-12 is at 14 as well so yeah there's room for two teams per conference there but still you're going to see someone get left out and that that just kind of sucks or they're going to have to take a conference that they didn't necessarily want or go independent or yeah that's, and, and that's not a route to being in the playoff either yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the worst route for being in the yeah. playoff yeah. Ask Notre I mean, Dame. you're going to see Notre Dame have to jump into a conference in DC but I don't know. It'll all depend on uh, everything that happens with the expanded playoff and everything, which I think this could be the catalyst for that being, getting settled fairly quick. Sure, sure. And so, a point that we talked about earlier, Aaron and I off, off air, was the fact that I think this is maybe the arm tug reaction to the expanded playoff. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like – mm. Maybe not like an intimidation factor, but kind of like a, oh, well, we still rule everything, you know, like co- speaking of college football, the entity right. of itself, like who the governing bodies or whatever. And so when I'm looking at these specific conference commissioners, I'm wondering, and this is just my thought process, right? If I am approached by Oklahoma and Texas and mm-hmm. – now, are they going to get both of them? Are they going to get one of them? Who's going to be easier to negotiate with? Are they? Is I the think, SEC going to say, "Look, you're talking about"? I, I, just, I think that they basically teamed up and said, "Like, take us or like both of us or leave us." I don't think they want a chance of the Red River rivalry not being a thing, and that's why sure. you're seeing those two leave kind of together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're a package deal, and the SEC makes the most sense for them. So they're like, oh, they have a lot of traditional powers in that conference. They'd be stupid not to take two of the biggest brands in the country. Right. Yeah. No, it's in some of the most historical and oldest traditioned football, you know, uh, right. to go along with some of the oldest and traditioned football, you know. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, recruiting's gotten easier over the years, but you still have to you still have to mention recruiting and yep. adding Texas to the SEC market, which it's already basically kind of there. Sure, this it's just a no brainer to add the Texas market and and the thing the the brand that comes from that. Yeah. Now, are the conferences? Do you think they're gonna sit there and look at their bottom feeders and say, right. okay, Vanderbilt, yeah, let's let's go ahead and 
we'll get rid of you. Let's bring in Kansas State. Uh, yeah. Like, is that going to be a part of the process? You you think this is an overall analysis of each conference's goods? Is it an overall what? Uh, analysis of each conference's goods. Sure. I I mean, I, I definitely could see some conferences. I mean, I don't know how that works as far as like, I don't know if a conference without like there being a legitimate reason can just out force a team out. Mm. Um, like I, we were, we talked about off air, the big 10 does have a legitimate gripe with, uh, Nebraska because of how they were handling the COVID stuff last year. They threatened to leave the conference for a year so that they could play football because the big 10 shut down. So there's a legitimate gripe there, but I don't think you can just like be like, Oh, you, you guys have kind of sucked at one, one sport. We're going to force you out of here and try to get a team that we think could bolster us a little bit better. I don't, I don't know how that works for a conference. I, sure. I think there has to be a legitimate, like you, you guys have like maybe a, a team that has been on probation or a lot, or like has had scandals that affect the image of the conference. So I, yeah, I don't think the Vanderbilts of the world have much to worry about because those te- those kind of programs are usually kind of squeaky clean being uh-huh. like the smart school programs. Right. Yeah, Northwesterns. But, but we did mention, like, say the Big Ten does want to add a couple teams, and with the tension with Nebraska, they could go, you know what? Like, you already threatened to leave. We take that as like a breach of whatever. Like, you guys can go. We can add in Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, and bolster our basketball conference. And we're cool with that. We got our our sixteen team power conference. You guys can can kind of be left on the outs trying to find something, which who knows where they would end up after that. Like, I, I really think that their, their only option was going back to the big 12, but that's not really an option. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. There's a lot that needs to happen over the next few days. I I'm definitely interested to see what happens, you know, and, and in a sense, I feel like the pressure here is a little bit on the sec now, obviously what comes of the big 12 meetings, like the big 12 could just be like, all right, we're squashing this. Y'all ain't going nowhere, at least for, you know, whatever years or whatever. And then again, like to your point, Aaron, don't know if the conference has that kind of power or how that works, but like, I don't think that they can stop a team from leaving. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way you can't just force one out. Um, And then, you know, I think maybe the pressure now is on the SEC to make their decision. Yeah. Obviously, once these meetings wrap up at the Big 12 conference, to, you know, well, shit, like, well, I guess. I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, I think it's that's a big thing that Greg Sankey yesterday refused to answer any questions about the rumors about OU in Texas. So I think that if there was no chance that it was happening or if he actually, actually hadn't had any conversation with them, wasn't considering it he would have just come out with a statement right away and he yeah. refused comment yesterday so there's obviously there's a lot obviously a lot that happens behind the scenes that we just don't know as well because i mean i remember full well when um mizzou was looking to change conference there's a little bit there where um working at the bar that i worked at, at the time was right by the airport in kansas city and that's the closest place to columbia missouri and so basically they were flying people in and out and there's a lot of representatives that came through and there was a Big Ten representative that came through that, like, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, we want Missouri, but we don't want this, we don't want that. Right. And, like, 
there was a lot of working through for a second there. I thought Mizzou was going to the Big Ten, and yeah. it was it looked like it was almost a pretty much a done deal. But there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes, and you know they went to the SEC. Yep. You know, yeah. Which Aaron, you talked about that uh, mm-hmm. specifically, uh, pretty much to that same, <laughs> I mean, vocabulary and everything. Uh, you know, and then at that point, Missouri couldn't t- put their tail between their legs and come back to the Big 12. The Big 12 was just like, you know, bygones be bygones and you know, be gone with you. Uh, so SEC was actually a secondary option for Missouri. Yeah. So I, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's no coincidence that this is happening right around the same time nil is happening and then the playoff expansion like it's just a domino thing you know and we've kind of seen the dominoes getting lined up over the years with college football because they've been kind of so bad with managing their moves or whatever you want to say like as much Mm. as i love college football i bash the the entity itself and the body itself uh just because they've put some questionable people into uh, power making decisions uh, positions i'm sorry uh over the years i think one thing that also leads to this as well is uh, the fact that like when you're looking at college football nowadays it's just like especially with like the recruiting all that stuff it's like kids only want to go to alabama kids only want to go to clemson because they have a chance to win a national title there and nil is a, a big motivating factor to change that is to help spread out some of the recruits and like yeah you're still gonna go to alabama yeah you're still gonna go to clemson but it's conference expansion. Yeah, conference or expansion. Not, is or, uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean that as well, but I meant the playoff expansion. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the schools that want playoff expansion are seeing their recruiting affected by the same four teams basically making it every year. Mm-hmm. Or a group of five teams, I guess, one from each power conference and then like maybe an LSU here and there. But like if, if you don't think that that's affected college football recruiting, you're not paying attention. Like the best – recruits are going to those schools year in and year out now like not that they they weren't before but like there was a little bit spread out of like the real top end talent there was really not it's it's affected the competitiveness of the game in my opinion it definitely has a lot of dilution you know um and you know just a couple years ago i was calling for just Let's go to six, like the power five conference winners. Like, obviously there's stuff to figure out on how to determine who comes out of it. Even if they win the freaking conference, it does weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, and then one underdog, like one guy to get a shot, you know, just the five power conferences and one mm-hmm. other, like, that's pretty simple, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, we couldn't even make that transition. They want to go all the way to 12 or something. I don't know. Like, I don't. I'm more playoff football. I'm okay with, but I think that it, the perception that the small schools and such, the mid majors are going to have a shot is definitely got a nice wool complexity to it over the eyes because now look at all the conference stuff going on. Like, so it's, it's give and take. They're going to keep the balance for the big guys in college football that's just kind of how it goes yeah you could see this very much affect the proposal for a playoff expansion maybe they scale it back a little bit they're like oh well if there's not five conferences anymore we only have to please four Mm. conferences uh maybe we don't need 12 teams maybe we only need six maybe we do only need six or maybe we need eight eight. 
um, which, yeah, two representatives. Then it'll just be two representatives from each conference. Yep. And the little guys still getting left out, and that's that kind of sucks. Because um, I do want to, if there is a chance for expansion, I think there should always be a way for the Cincinnati's or Coastal Carolinas or Liberties of the world to be able to make that field. And yeah, I think that a four four mega conferences still kind of limits that. Um, but I don't know. There's it's a lot to figure out. So. There is meetings go there today. Yeah. And the worst, and like the worst part about it is the fact that it's a big question mark and there's a million solutions and we have no idea what's happening. Yeah. 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 A lot of different outcomes that could happen, you yeah. know, and then the timeline of it all, you know, um, obviously nothing's going to happen this year, but it still bleeds over you know, just the psychology of all of it, you know, the playoff expansion, the NIL, the OU in Texas is leaving the big 12, you know, just that whole thing. Like if that's always looming, tell me that ain't going to affect just the overall process that goes into week in, week out college football, just on a, you know, like I said, psychology or like a energy aura, if you will, like manner, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it, we're going from one weird ass college football season to another one. So yeah. it's uh, going to be exciting. Yeah. When, when Missouri and all those teams, like when Nebraska, that was what, two years yeah. that they had after they agreed that they had left in their conferences. So yeah, we like, we could have an announcement, but still we're going to see Texas and Oklahoma in the, in the big 12 probably for two seasons minimum. Yeah. And I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be rough because, I mean, that's going to – obviously, that's going to affect recruiting. That's going to affect everything else. And, I mean, it's just, like you said, dominance, one thing after another. And we're, We were talking before the show, Devin and I, like, I could – we could see some on-field stuff, like some disrespect mm-hmm. from those eight other teams. Like, man, fuck you guys. Like, I can mm-hmm. see some some scrappiness and some yeah. dirty play just because Over they're like, screw you guys. You're screwing us over, screwing our team over, like. Think of how nasty it got just between KU and MU. Or, yeah, KU Mizzou. Like, and yeah. literally, it was just like one of those things where, like, basketball season, like the last couple of games that they were playing, and it was like, and all the stuff Bill, Bill Self said about it, and just like, you know, we're never going to play them again. And just like all this, like, just heatedness and being like, well, if they want to leave, well, basically, fuck them, you know, like, yeah. and all that stuff. It, it turned sour real quickly. And I mean, we just now got Mizzou and KU to play last year and for the first time. And they're playing again this year now. Yeah. yeah. And it was like this. And like, that was like, that was a big draw for the Kansas City market because Kansas City market is a big college t- town. And yeah, it is, you know, majorly KU. But in the same fact, there was still like the Sprint Center always the, uh, held KU versus Emmy or KU yeah. versus Zoo. And it was just, it just didn't. Yeah. It just, it's just now came back. Yeah. I don't want to hear no more talk about this horns up, horns down bullshit. Like, it, I'm flipping every Texas and OU logo I see upside down if I can if I have the power to do so. So I, I'm whatever. Like you know, they done pissed me off. So um, and I get it. Like it, I'm pissed off, but I get it. You know, it's the way the cookie crumbles, and it's just it's college football. It's business it's the way the world is, you know, it's like, you know, we're here as a people 
and our markets are doing certain things and our, you know, intake and all that good stuff. So it's all connected and I get it. Like things change, you know, the big 12 was the big eight, you know, a couple decades ago. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it changed over time. It just sucks to see change when things were, should have been just fine. Literally all the big 12 had to do to keep the teams in 11 years ago when all that happened was give equal revenue share and it would have been fine. But mm-hmm. Texas was greedy back then and shocking. They're greedy, greedy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, funny how that drives a lot of different college programs in different ways. Um, hottest take out of all this, my Kansas win total is one and I'm taking the over. <laughs> okay. You yes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he took the over on the KU. Yeah. We talked about that. They uh they play South Dakota State to begin the year. Gross. I I told him I was like I'm not positive they can win that one. Like, I don't know. <laughs> South Dakota State teams are pretty good. Hey, hey, man, uh, you do you. <laughs> he, he all, I'm saying, uh, all I'm saying they, is they that the uh, the chances of a push at least are very very high. I uh I followed you for worse bets, so you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he, he mentioned that they have like eight players from Buffalo coming over that could help bolster their uh, roster. So oh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I'll be interested mm-hmm. to watch that and see, see how you finish on that. Yeah. South Dakota, not South Dakota state. So oh, I, it's a, the coyote uh, South yeah. Dakota. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. They also or, got Duke sorry, on their cool. schedule. I think they could get Duke. I think yeah. they could beat Baylor and I think they could beat Texas tech. And if West Virginia is not careful at the very end of the year, because it's not in Morgantown, I think they could slip West Virginia up. I don't think so, because I think West Virginia is going to be better than what people are thinking they're going to be this year. I like what that coach is doing. That's a tall order, man. I say they get – I mean, they're not – Two or three wins. Okay. He, he, did, he did some good stuff Still at Buffalo. Pure, bonafide winner. Look at his lot. look at his Wisconsin Whitewater stuff. It's impressive. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, D uh, three football man. I yeah. love it. Um. All right. So the Big Twelve currently sucks, and it's got me in my emotional feels. So let's talk something else. Uh, what's some uh, what's some hot takes with the uh, football side of things that you guys are working on? Is uh. NFL? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been following the the Rodgers stuff has always has been interesting the whole offseason. Um, we've kind of gone back and forth on that. Uh, I think he if he gets traded, it has to be in the next couple weeks. Um, if not, he's going to have to play at least one more year with the Packers. I mean, it's not really hot take. That's just like what has to happen, but um, I think no matter what he's done with the Packers sooner than later. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, I'm, I mean, the, as, as far as like most of my hot takes, they're all more or less like air balanced and just being like, the, like even like not necessarily like the division, like all that stuff. I think, um, I mean, the divisions are all kind of lining up. I mean, I have a couple like small bets out for, you know, underdogs and stuff like that, but nothing really too, um, 
too spectacular. I mean, I guess the, the hottest take that I have is the over for the Panthers wins. Um, and I just think that I, I believe in Sam Darnold. Uh, I believe that it was the Adam Gay system. Uh, and I believe him getting out of that is going to really show some things. And I think people are writing off, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. And I mean, you can't not talk about Christian McCaffrey, but then going out and getting, you know, uh, my boy from uh, your, your boy, actually, uh, from Oklahoma State, you know, to back up McCaffrey. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think that this this team is is built to make a little bit of waves. And I mean, their defense was really, really long, young last year. Um, they've invested a lot on that side. So I just feel like it's going to be one of those things where at the end of the year, we're going to be being like, wow, the, the, the Panthers, like, it's just kind of. That uh, division's wide open. Now. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Other than like Tampa Bay. And I mean, like I said, they, they struggled a little bit last year. I mean, they have a good roster, but. Tampa even struggled, struggled with playing against Teddy Bridgewater. I think yeah. Darnold's just in a different class. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that, that division is going to be fun to watch. Cause like, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is going to be the best roster that Darnold has ever had around him. And we're going to find out very, very quickly whether it was Adam Gaze or if he just also just doesn't have it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Matt rules a hell of a coach. I think that was the point that I was going to make. He can coach him up and the NFL has been trying to get him up there for like five years now. Like they've been trying. Uh, yeah. He's, I mean, look at how temples kind of been since he left. Uh, so, I mean, he is a damn good coach. And then the, the immediate effect on Baylor after he left there. Yeah. So he can coach him up. He's got a lot of speed on that team. Uh, we got some interesting cats on the defensive side with all that youth. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty, and I mean, sometimes youth just gets it, man. Sometimes, like, youth just needs that year. And then next thing you know, they're just like, holy crap, where did that, that guy come from? And I feel like there's just a lot of players that are going to turn, you know, they're going to utilize their system well. There's a lot of players that are going to turn around and, it's just kind of be one of those things where you're like, wow, that they, they okay, all right, you know, let's have some players. Yeah. yeah, they were the they took. There was a couple of those weird hybrid small school guys last year. They they took Jeremy Chin off the top of my memory, right? Yep. Yeah. They, they were the ones that grabbed Jeremy Chin. Loved him. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, I mean, he he was one of the ones that was shockingly up there for defensive rookie of the year, but obviously when you're going against like Chase Young, it's just hard to like, we all knew no brainer that that was going to be, you know, penciled in. He's going to be the defensive rookie of the year as soon as he starts to play and he started to affect it. But Jeremy Chin was turning heads, you know, and I mean, obviously you don't talk much about, you know, Derek Brown and all that stuff, but he did a solid job when he was on. I mean, obviously he had a lot of rookie mistakes, but in the same fact, like another year in the system, Mm -hmm. another year getting everything down and he's, you know, you can clog that middle and keep those pass rushers on the outside. It's just look for them to, you know, if they can just, if they have to, if they just get that pass rush going, then those quarterbacks are going to force turnovers. Cause we're talking about, talking about Jameis Winston, you know, 30 for 30, you know, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, uh, Matt Ryan, which who has had his turnover issues in the past and, you know, had, and the offensive line is always a question, and we're, you know, we're talking about a, you know, division that the teams in it, like, I mean, Brady's Brady's Brady, but also Brady's older. And it, we've seen arms just fall off out of, you know, out of nowhere. And even with having 50 touchdowns last year, I think you had 15 picks. Yeah, exactly. Like I did. I just, there's going to be turnovers to be had for that defense for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they're honestly one of my more favorite teams to maybe look at for fantasy purposes too. Like there's a lot of interesting pieces Oh, I know yeah. Ty and I, you know, I don't, 
I didn't know how much deep fantasy digging you wanted to do today or like some people you like talking about or some things you're keeping your eye on. Obviously the Cam Akers injury is huge because, yeah. you know, Ty and I are in a, you know, I think what, this is my third year in the league with y'all guys. No, I think so. I think like, so. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a very competitive league and uh, it's a fun league and I still got to decide on my keepers. Yeah. Yes, you do. There's a deadline for that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where, especially like diving into some of the players, and uh, there's a lot of talent. And uh, the can makers thing hurt a lot because a lot of my best ball drafts are already, you know, done or finishing up. And uh-huh. I definitely had to kind of zag at the end and grab people like Xavier Jones. And, you know, Henderson was already gone. So it was like I had to grab people like Xavier Jones or Jake Funk. Um, I think Xavier Jones is going to be penciled in to get a lot of stuff. They were really impressed with the UDFA last year and funk's interesting he's he's gotten a little bit of buzz uh this summer and watching the tape on it like he doesn't have crazy numbers at maryland but you watch the tape on him and you're like that guy kind of runs like an nfl running back like he he very much looks like looks the part of like how he runs i'm like he's he could be an interesting little piece for them and getting him in the seventh round this year like yeah that's he's he's got some explosion you know who he reminded me of uh, as he had now he had that crazy didn't he have like a three or four hundred yard game or some crazy shit? like i can't he yeah Maybe. uh it was a it was a 300 yarder yeah yeah it was yeah, last like 500 yards rushing is his top season okay well he had he had like it, it, it was, was over two, he was breaking off like large chunks after large it, it was yeah. just it, like, it might have been, it like, been all-purpose okay, okay. Yeah, it was an all-purpose game but I was just watching it. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Toby Gerhardt 2.0. <laughs> With a little bit more speed. Yep. A lot more speed, yes. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, I get that comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to surprise Hillis. some people. Peyton Hillis, yes. Mr. Madden cover. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. more speed than Peyton Hillis, but, yeah. A greased-up Peyton Hillis. <laughs> Which would be hard to tackle. Yeah. No. I'm interested to see where the Rams go because they definitely need to probably – pick up a veteran presence at least to look mm. at in training camp but i mean we threw around some names obviously Todd, yeah oh, lady on bell todd Gurley's not on their board like i was gonna like, say well uh they could just bring todd Gurley back they're not going to yeah. like that's just yeah he, he, he actually hasn't officially signed with baltimore but he like has agreed that he's yeah. gonna Oof. sign there so that sucks for jk dobbins no, I mean it's the, nah, that doesn't affect Dobbins. Dobbins is going to be the feature for yeah, sure. Yeah, and there. um, I mean even looking at last year, Dobbins gets his, and that's yeah. just like it's one of those things where it's like they they run so much there that you need to worry about the passing options there yeah. because as much as I like Rashad Bateman the wide receiver, as much as I like you know I can't say that I like Sammy Watkins. He's too inconsistent. Um, I like Sammy healthy Sammy Watkins, yeah. which is rare. Um, I mean, it that if you're going to get a passing option from the Ravens, get Mark Andrews. It's just safe. Yeah. Um, but in the same fact, like everything else is high risk, high reward. But I mean, Marquise Brown's probably going to have a game or two where he has a couple long break receivers or long break touchdowns. But for the most part, they are going to pound the ball down your throat. And I don't necessarily believe all the things I hear from training camp is Lamar Jackson's worked on his arm. I guarantee he's worked on his arm because that's what he has to do to try to take that next step. But in the same fact, their offensive scheme, they're going to keep trying to pound the ball down your throat and they're going to, they're, they're going to do short dink and dunk passes and they're going to, you know, utilize the legs of Lamar Jackson. And from that, they're going to make sure they utilize JK Dobbins 
And I mean, Gus Edwards is still there, man. And don't write him off. But Gus Bus is, I mean, they signed him, gave him money, and let Mark Ingram walk for a reason. Yep. You know, like, I mean, not it's not just age. Um, but yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley being there is kind of like that veteran presence. Um, that slash they do like those beef running backs that can kind of like do all that stuff. But yeah. their future is J.K. Dobbins. Also, just a low risk, high reward. Like he's right. not going to sign for very much money. Yeah. And you look at what he has done in his career. Like you can get flashes of old. Todd Gurley, as we saw in Atlanta last year, but you're just not going to get the full package all year long. Right. Well, and then that's that knee is always going to be there. Like it's just, yeah. he's going to be hobbled in some sort of capacity. Um, right. Exactly. I don't play football and I got a little bit of a <sighs> baby injury in one of my knees and I get up and I'm just like, man, you know? <laughs> so like, I'm as a professional football player, I could only imagine what that constant like nagging is like. So mm -hmm. it, I, yeah, no shout out to players that can play with that crap. Cause so uh, I mean, no exactly. I mean, you just see the careers of people that have that degenerative knee just fall off. I mean, look at JHIA. I mean, yeah. Sony Michelle's basically almost done and yeah. he was, you know, like a, a league winner for a lot of deep fantasy drafts like three years ago. But in the same fact, like he might have a small resurgence, but nobody trusts his knee because it, you know it's oh, and he's yeah. behind a really good running back in yeah. New England now. Like yeah. Damian, Damian Harris, Harris is already broken out. Yeah, Sonny Michelle's probably yeah at best going to be a back solid backup for yeah. the rest of his career. And that goal line back is probably going to be Cam Newton. Let's be honest. You know, if, if yeah. I mean, Mac Jones comes in, that's the best thing for Damian Harris. That means he gets the goal line work. Yeah. But if Cam Newton is taking over, like they're talking about how he's going to be. You're looking at their goal line back again. You're looking at 10 rushing touchdowns. You're looking at a lot of passing touchdowns because that's mm -hmm. not what he does. We'll see what happens with better wide receivers. But in the same fact, you're you're looking at a non-goal line back. But, I mean, you can get those guys late in in drafts. And, I mean, just having a starting running back is one of the most important things. And, obviously, if you get a chance to get one of the elite ones, grab them. You know, grab your – obviously, CMC, you know, grab your Christian McCaffrey grab your Alvin Kamara, grab, you know, Dalvin Cook, grab Ezekiel Elliott, you know. Don't expect Saquon to start the year on fire um, because time frame with the knee injury and when the surgery was actually happening. But in the same fact, like, give him three or four weeks, maybe make him an early season trade target when the other owner is pretty pissed off that he's not getting Saquon numbers and then let Saquon feast at the end of the year and win a, win, win a chip. That's basically kind of my strategy this year. He's yeah. truly as special as a lot of people think he is. Like people talk to <clears throat> talk about him as like Adrian Peterson level special. Like I think if he is that special, he'll be ready to go week one. So you think about Adrian Peterson. Every time he came back from injury, he seemed strong the full year. Yeah. Like he came back. One of his, I remember. I think the, he's going to play week one. I'm just saying that. No, I, 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 he I will definitely play. Game. I'm saying yeah. if he is as special as people think he is, he'll put up numbers from week one, yeah. like big numbers. Yeah, but. I don't know. That's always been a question for me. I was like, he's he's clearly fairly special, but I is he that level? We don't know yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a. I saw a couple notes today. One was out of the Cowboys camp and Blake Jarwin, which you know his injury last year was kind of shitty because he was just starting to like really kind of catch hot, you know, oh, and yeah. uh, he was pretty much on everyone's I think priority tight end pickup. Yeah. I mean, in, in our league specifically, I was able to, I drafted him in the 17th round thinking, you know, this is it, you know? And like, I was like, and yeah, he's, was, he's my dude. That was such yeah. a nut punch week one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but I saw that he was actually, you know, he's, he's looking pretty good. This, yeah. like he's, he's making a comeback too. Are there any other off the top of your guys' heads? And I hate putting you on the spot, but I'm a bad host and that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> any, we all do this for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Are it, there any other like guys that could have potentially broken out that uh, injury kind of dampened that, or maybe someone that the casual football uh, fan or fantasy football player might've forgotten, like is going through a big injury that's coming back like a pretty important player, but maybe cusp under the radar, you know, let's see. I mean, big injuries. That's kind of the weird caveat on that because, um, I think one of the biggest names that jumps out is definitely not a shocker, but it's also like one of those things where I've, I've a lot of the drafts I've been in, I've seen him falling really like a late, lot later than he should. And I've scooped him up on a lot of different things, but Michael Thomas played the entire year injured and it definitely affected kind of his game at the end. But I mean, when I'm talking about getting him on a value, I'm talking like third and fourth round. I mean, I got him in the fifth in one league, but that was just, that felt stupid, you know? And it was yeah. just like one of those things where I was just like, how far is he going to fall? Um, I mean, when I say fifth round, it was a quick turn. So I had a quick turn and ended up getting him again. Um, I mean, obviously everyone values running backs, but receivers are phenomenal. And this is a passing league. So you can bolster some really good talent, you know, late in your drafts. But let's see, trying to think of some major injuries. I mean, I mean, you have to, there's got to be some players for San Francisco because they were just supremely injury riddled. But I'm just, I'm blanking on like. I mean, Debo. Sure. Debo's going to get a lot of end around stuff, but I mean, they're pretty happy with how you. Yeah. They had, their like, backfield, yeah, their backfield season. was ravaged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Trey Sermon. I mean, I've drafted a lot of Trey Sermon this year, but that's because you know, Raheem Mostert couldn't stay healthy. Jeff Wilson's already out, and you know, like it the just, way they use running backs. I mean, yeah, you kind of plug and play given their system. They, they don't value taking running backs early. So yeah, I think a guy like Trey Sermon in mm-hmm. San Fran yeah. could could put up some big numbers if given the opportunity. He's a hell of a back. Um, I mean, I guess going to it's it's a weird system, but they're gonna be playing from behind a lot, but also really likes the guy. Uh Tevin Coleman in yeah uh in New York. I mean Selah brought him on for a reason and he really likes him and he was often injured last year, but he's still part he's trying to bring that San Francisco running game to New York, and you know he's definitely a name to name to look at late. Yeah, unless Shanahan's calling the plays, I don't think the running game will be quite as successful as in San right. Francisco. They they the way they run the ball is unlike anyone else in the league. Their run concepts are insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the big things that we're expecting good bounce backs is you know Dax injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm expecting Jarwin to come back a little bit. Um, it's a lot of pieces on that team on Cowboys as well. That just Defensively, like the O line health. The O line health is huge. Yeah. Like they lost three all pro caliber starters. If they all come back strong, that that's huge for that offense. That was already putting up historic numbers last year. Now, so. wasn't it Zach Martin they lost to the rare Ill, illness does no that was travis that, frederick Tra- he, travis frederick yes and he came back for a year after that and then retired and right right now it's uh tyler is the center there zach martin was lost to an injury like towards the end of the season last year so right. okay. uh but yeah they got both tackles back and they said they both look rejuvenated and zach martin looks good but 
getting consistent play out of Tyler Biotish and Connor Williams is going to be huge for that line too, mm-hmm. uh, to get back to being that dominant line we were used to about five years ago. So, I don't know. The Cowboys could be a very fun, very, very fun offense overall. Like, there's so many good pieces that are back this year. They just got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of the tail of the tape. All last year, I mean, with like you, even if you're looking like you know, the same division, Eagles, or yeah. you know, it's just like you know, obviously outside division, Niners, and um, I mean, there's a lot of talented teams, and I mean, always the Chargers, but you know, like yeah. <laughs> there's always like some sort of injury where you're just like, God dang, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. Um, always make some some sort of thing, you know, like I mean, we're also looking at a season where we're gonna have you know, Julio out of the Falcons, which is a weird, gonna be a weird thing to see, but you know paired with that Titans offense, that's like, wow, that's one of the most efficient offenses or most efficient quarterback pairing up one of the generational talents, even at the end edge of his career is still something to, to note, you know, something to look at. And we you... talked about that. They, they have like, if you were going to build like a American gladiator team, that's the, that's the Tennessee Titans. Just look at those <laughs> guys are just jacked. And then there's Brian Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned, like athletically, like he's probably one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the league. He played wide receiver in college. Like he was a thousand yard receiver in college. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, that team's no joke athletically. It's crazy. Yeah. I uh, can't believe that they were able to pull that off. And, you know, you saw AJ Brown recruiting. And I kind of thought it was like a lost cause. Yeah. I was like, you know, why would Julio go to Tennessee? Does, does that does that really make sense? Is that a fit? Um, but man, talk about a collection of players. You know, just yeah. Corey Davis is huge too. Like you said, I mean, it's just a he's lot. In New York of now. Yeah, he's gone. Oh yeah, duh, duh. See, this is why I need you guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm over here and. Ultimate disc land and baseball and talking about Kansas win total overs. And uh, yeah, yeah. I always forget the small little transactions. See, I'm a listener uh, kind of too. Like I'm learning stuff here too. I never once said that I was uh, up to savvy uh, with every fantasy football note. And like you said, Ty, you do it for a living. So, you know, there you go. Um, That is is my, uh, my, my biggest joke. And, uh, to, or if I could have one word of advice for anybody that's even like in a relationship or recently married or anything like that, the best thing that you want to do, if you really want to focus on fantasy football is win a couple of things and buy your wife something nice. Um, <laughs> took down a couple of DFS contests and was able to buy the engagement ring. And ever since then, you know, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning and she's like, all right, go to the next room and figure out fantasy football for the day. And then don't come out until it's done. And I'm just like, yes, ma'am. You know, and, even this year, she's like, yeah, we just have to figure out the 11 to mid to noon hour so you can do your daily fantasy. Don't worry. I'll watch the, I'll watch the kid during that point so you can get all that <laughs> stuff done. So Yeah, speaking of – you were saying newlywed, girlfriend, this, that, or – yeah, I was going to throw in there new, newly become a father, father like you did. Yeah. Congratulations, buddy. Archie is a cute one. Yeah, he's a, he's a little – he's a little, uh, little fun grundle munchkin right now, you know, just kind of uh, – he's a uh, – He's he's good. He's just uh he's obviously in the little kid phase and uh every time you get like frustrated as a as a parent, it's one of those things where you just look and see like the kid smiles at you and coos at you and you're just like you just melt, you know. Or like just, farts on you or like yeah. shit, shit shits in your arms and you're just like, Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's it right there. Like that's yeah. bonding. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no. And every time he does something like that, like farts and stuff like that, she's like, "Oh, he's just like you." Like, yeah, hey, oh yeah. Fair, oh, yeah. fair. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. And then they no, start like, talking, you, and then like, Don, you fart too. <laughs> Girls don't fart; they fluff. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't shake the baby. Is uh, you know, that's that's what they say. Yeah. Don't don't shake the baby. But honestly, I came to find that by baby number three, my my Aspen liked to be shaked, like in a in a gentle fashion you know not like a full-on like if i did not <laughs> like, I was, the mental image uh, that i have is not good okay look she just likes to go fast in the rocking chair like that would put her to yeah, sleep yeah. and yeah. so i would uh, man we Where's were bobby baby yeah we were getting like air in the rocking chair so hair jordan uh but yeah anyways congrats on that again bud uh that's awesome Welcome to fatherhood and uh, Aaron. Best job I ever had. Yeah, exactly. Aaron, you're uh, yeah. I'm throwing the bouquet at you, man. So go find you a nice Good, lady. Man. I'm <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> I see a lot of people with kids and I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm not now. I'm, I'm good. He makes a great uncle. <laughs> I am a good, really good uncle. Yes, absolutely. Like, rile your kids up and then I'm out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And toss them against the wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my uncle did. So, um, yeah. All righty, guys. That's awesome. Um, okay. So, last little bit of fantasy football stuff here. Then I want to get your opinion, Ty, briefly on this new NHL team we got. And uh, oh, yeah. just kind of get some more banter of different avenues uh, going. Um, let's say like late round flyer guy that you're looking at. Shit, I hate doing this because we play in the same league. <laughs> um, just someone in the like 10th round, ninth round, you think that could have a smidgen of value. Uh, for the listeners that they should keep their eye on i in later rounds i really like a couple of jets players y'all already talked about tevin coleman but there's uh elijah um more i couldn't remember uh, if it was elijah mitchell uh or more but yes no, elijah Moore's great man yeah yeah so yeah uh, now i'll stop answering my own questions <laughs> you're good uh i mean man Honestly, it's like one of those things where it's like, what, what position are you wanting? You know, like sure. I always believe in the late quarterback uh, because the amount of talent that you're going to get in front load your roster is super, super important for depth. Um, and sometimes the difference between having Patrick Mahomes and having a Matt Stafford per se um, is 25 points on the season, which obviously 25 to 30 points on the season broken up over 17 weeks is really not that big deal. Um but I'm all about the uh, quarterback matchups. If you do find one or two, depending on how deep the league is, uh, where you want to go from there. Uh, I mean, I, I love a lot of Matt Stafford. Uh, mm. I do think that um, rookies have their place um, in the league. Rookies have started to kind of take over a little uh, bits and pieces. And you can always kind of grab them late um, and just, you know, focusing on one of the little rookies and maybe sitting down for a couple of weeks and streaming the front end of your schedule. And then, having somebody like Justin Fields come on or Trey Lance, you know, I, there's, there's definitely good ways to do that. If you're looking for wide receivers, I mean, we talked about, um, I mean, Robbie Anderson's sometimes dropping all the way down to the 10th and he had some good production and value and, you know, new quarterback, new system, got to see what happens there. Someone who can throw it deep a lot better than Teddy did last year. Yeah. And Robbie Anderson, that's how he made his money. And that's why he got the deal that he got. And, you know, and when he was in the jet system, he was, 
I mean, he, he's obviously played with Darnold before, and Darnold was the one that was targeting him and was able to safety blanket over to Robbie Anderson. So, I mean, look at that. As far as running backs go, I mean, Damien Harris is going kind of late. Um, don't expect a lot of touchdowns per se, but, I mean, RB1 is something always great. And then now he's going to shoot up the board, but Daryl Henderson was still pretty late there. Uh, if you're looking for some handcuffs, man, you got to mention, you know, Pollard or, you know, Pollard in camp right now has been seeing some split out like receiving options so i mean Ooh. look for those guys that get that you know that work played some receiver at memphis and i i really do think that they're going to try especially with what they have at receiver it's mostly like other than cd like a lot of guys who can play outside like i think pollard's going to get some looks as a slot receiver when zeke is in the game yeah and i mean if you're doubling down and looking at rookies michael carter and javante williams man they're just yes. they jump out at you like yeah. michael carter I, I love. Yes. And he's going to be PPR, and he's going to be running. I mean, yeah, it's North Carolina running backs, but man, they they did pretty well. And Javante's already starting to tear it up at camp, and word's going to get out. You know, like right now, if you're drafting now, I recommend trying to let those guys fall. But by the time football season rolls around, people see what they do after preseason. Whew, we're going to have a entirely different show. Yeah, those guys were so fun to watch last year uh, in college football. So seeing them both kind of get a chance here in the next level is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, well, I think with the Robbie Anderson thing, like you might've just helped me figure out one of my keepers, Ty. So I took them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was asking for a reason. So, um, and then for you, Aaron, yeah. is there like a new face, new place kind yeah. of narrative that you're interested in? You know, Julio, we kind of talked about already, but like maybe like a, like uh, how I didn't know that uh, Corey Davis was in New York, like something like that, that maybe uh, sticks um, out. Shoot. God, on the spot. Uh, if not, it's totally. I mean, w- we've talked about multiple times on the show, like just because of the situation, it's a lot different than any other point in his career. I'm interested to see Fitzpatrick as the quarterback, with the football team. Yeah. Uh, like, that's huge for them as if if they can get better production than they got out of Alex Smith and the guys they played last year. That team can be very good, but I've just been not ever sold on Fitzpatrick being more than like a stopgap quarterback for about six to eight games. Yeah. Not, we have not seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play out a full season looking good in ever. So like a lot of people are pumping up Washington as being this contender in the division because of him perceived to be better than Alex Smith was for them last year. I think sure, but we also see every single year see a lot of bad Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that roster is really talented. I'd like to see what he can do with it, but I'm not sold on that overall. Like that's huge for the division. Like it's either going to be based on that, like in looking at the other teams, like are the Cowboys going to run away with it or is Washington going to give them some games? And Fitzpatrick is the biggest thing for that. So for me, uh, that's what I'm monitoring as far as the division that I followed the most. So, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting yeah, I mean, to see if <laughs> obviously, um, and uh, McLaurin, sorry, Ty, uh, continue uh, their production. Uh, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the, obviously, the biggest thing in my division, I'm just monitoring Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, just like that, that guy can shake up the division if he yeah. doesn't come back, you know, and obviously we're 
if he gets traded or whatnot. But we see the most wide open division of all time. Like, yeah, like yeah. perceive perception will be like, yeah, Minnesota should run away with that with no Rodgers. But Justin Fields, if he gets thrust into the starting role in Chicago, could could light that light some teams up. Like I, I think that Fields could be huge for that division. Yeah. And you know, uh, talk about your Lions there, Ty. I mean, they probably still a couple years out, even if Rodgers leaves. Wow. But I mean, building with some great, great picks. And I mean, I was going to ask you this, but how do you how do you feel about the departure of Galladay? Is that like as is that like a huge, huge blow? I mean, like, oh yeah. I mean, um, kind of knew that he wasn't going to want to resign in Detroit anyway. He doesn't want to yeah. be a part of a rebuild. Um, he's one of those, he's one of those wide receivers that I really like because he doesn't need a lot of usage to make a lot of good things happen. Um, cause I mean, Marvin Jones was the number one receiver as far as targets and as far as all that stuff on the team, but Kenny Galladay was the one that was most efficient with the touchdowns and, you know, red zone scoring and all that percentages. Um, and he was a favorite of, you know, Matt Stafford. Um, but I mean, it was kind of big because it was one of those things where it's like, okay, you're committing to a rebuild. Um, and with that, I mean, Jared Goff, it's kind of a no risk for us to take on a little bit of the contract. If we don't like him, we can cut him next year and watching get Galladay go to just basically a different division and go to the giants was kind of sad because yes, the giants did need a, you know, number one wide receiver, but it was like, man, I don't know if he ended up in the right place because definitely I'm sure about Daniel Jones, but it was, it's sad because he had such a good receiver and I loved him coming out. Um, you know, they always, you know, joke around that he's baby Megatron and he was, you know, he was, he's good. He's talented. He's, you know, gets good separation. And then if you want somebody jumping up there, trying to make a contested catch, I mean, I can't think of many in the league that I would put over Kenny Galladay from just his physicality standpoint. And that's like, you're talking about the top in the, in the league. Uh, you know, you're talking, the, you're talking your DeAndre Hopkins, you're talking your Michael Thomases, you're talking your, you know, ultra elite. Thomas in there. Yeah, I guess he doesn't yeah. really go up and get it. Yeah, neither does. I would say the two receivers in Tennessee are two guys I'd put over them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. yeah, they, uh, they definitely got, you know, there's some interesting angles there for sure. Um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the biggest variable, shakes up a division, shakes up the NFL. Like that right. would just the Packers have to be getting to a point where, like, after he turned down becoming the highest paid player in the league, like, are you going to be this petty, really? Or like, you can get a king's ransom for the guy. Like, you can you can get a huge package for him. Why are you wasting that for another year? Like, just to say, like, to just to stick it to him like that's not a way to run an organization but we've said it on the tailgate like many times they're not a, they don't have a real front office anyway so like like they don't have real ownership so nobody's ever held accountable for being petty and stupid about these situations right. so the Aaron Rodgers thing is frustrating because it's just like what are, you, what are you holding on to here like he clearly wants out let him go let him go, let him go. I mean, it's know. ridiculous it is it's frustrating. I mean, obviously, it's one of those things that hinted at it and joked around about, obviously, with everything where it's like, oh, no, more Aaron Rodgers news. Yeah. Um, but in the same fact, it's just like, and I think that's kind of the point that we've all hit in this like media cycle of it's like, can camps, which have just kind of started for rookies reporting, can it's like, can they just begin now so we can stop talking about 
Aaron Rodgers, you know, and well, Cowboys have full reporting today. Yeah, yeah so full like, reporting today. Real, real camps are starting, and it's just like we still don't have real resolution over this. And like, he's not going to be around your team until he starts getting fined. Like, is, do you think that's really the best thing? Like, I don't know. It's yeah. just dumb. Which we I, found I, out was really stupid with the um, different situations of holdouts like Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell and all that stuff, where it's like. It's usually about four games. So it's like, do you really want someone to hold out for four games? That's you know, I'm gonna play Jordan Love and be yeah. basically out of could be out of the division race by the time Aaron Rodgers starts playing again. Like, yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's his thought. Maybe he'll take the four games and then have a wild comeback and make the playoffs and go to the divisional game and lose to whoever they play in the, the division. Even the conference title game yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be crazy, that's for sure. Uh both these football seasons, college and professional. It's it's Definitely going to be interesting. I think home field advantage is going to be a huge factor this year with the return of fans. I think home field advantages are going to be needing to be kind of taken more into account with betting lines. So maybe up it. The Vegas lines look like they've been still leaning for no fans and stuff like that. So it's like one of those things, get the money where you can, you know, get those futures, get the, you know, get the overs, get your, you know, season overs and unders and, you know, division championship division champions if you want you know like there's certain no-brainers that you just don't want to touch but then for the most part there's other ones where you're just like wow how are they that far down you know yeah yeah yeah. one of the ones that i got super super early was the 49ers you know like they're coming off of a very injured riddled season and strong roster overall yeah strong roster overall and yeah they have they might have a new quarterback but it's like at the odds that you were getting and i haven't checked the update on it but the odds that i was getting were insane so i was like yeah I'll throw some money at that, you know? Absolutely. You got to. Um, yeah. All righty. So, NFL aside, NHL in the light, I wanted to uh, tie, you know, you are probably the biggest soccer – soccer, well, I was reading that word. My goodness. <laughs> Big <laughs> soccer guy. Right, let's talk about yeah. the NHL. And then, I was like, shit, I'm out of my element. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're out of your element, Donnie. Uh Oh, my gosh. Anyways, hockey is the sport that we're going to be talking about today, kids. And the Seattle Krakens, Krakens, however you want to pronounce it, they Uh, had their expansion draft last night. Uh, And we have another – we have the full draft Friday, so we're excited for that. But the expansion draft just – I'm not a big fan. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of, like – the, obviously the team that they assembled, but I'm just not a big fan of the expansion drafts the way it's been handled um, just in general, just because it's one of those things where it's like, they just create a super contender elite team, right? out, And sometimes it's just hard to like, it's one of those things where I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just old and crotchety, but like, you definitely are. Yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> I think that there's definitely some like dues that need to be paid, you know, where it's like, you don't necessarily get guaranteed the, or a championship team, basically, or a contender, like right off the get, right out of the gate. So, what was your favorite player that they picked up? Uh, Johnny Gord. I mean, that was one yeah. of you mentioned on yeah. the tailgate, but he was yeah. definitely their, their best player and the one, the one that they threw all the money at. Um, yeah, from there, I mean, I was, I was kind of mad about Detroit losing because uh, we were already pretty limited as far as like our defenders go, and so mm-hmm. we lost a young, younger defender that wasn't protected. But it was like, uh, yeah. But I mean, Cholowski. We'll see uh, how he how he turns out over there. Um, but I mean, they they built a solid team, and they got two decent goaltenders that are gonna you know kind of do more of a timeshare, and they're gonna try to put a lot of 
good players on the ice and they didn't do the Vegas system. So we'll see, they didn't do a, let's grab the top goaltender that we can right. and make everything else piece around it. Um, they are going to try to do more of like that timeshare and see which one's better. But I don't know. It's just, it's hard to talk about because I'm just not a fan of the expansion process of making a team elite right out of the gate. Yeah. You've seen the successes of Vegas, obviously. Um, there were a few names that stuck out to me. Uh, you know, obviously Giordano from Calgary yep. going. Um, he's their 37-year-old veteran presence for this team. And then another thing I noticed as I was going through the players and the ages and all that, they went young defensively. Like they, they were really young. They went with a lot of 23, 24-year-olds on the defensive side. I think their oldest defender might have been 30. 31 might have been in there somewhere. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you already mentioned Giordano. Oh, yeah, Giordano, duh. <laughs> that's that was like that was definitely yeah. the reason why they brought him in because they went a lot of yeah. the younger defenders yeah. and they're going to get a lot of team time together and you're going to basically focus on doubling down and being like Giordano was obviously toward the twilight of his career, but he's still a brilliant mind to learn from. So they're just going to double down on that, you know, like yeah. that's that's the that's the future, that's this. And this guy is going to be the one that helps, you know, round out these young talents and helps them excel. Um, We talked about different uh, defensive lines um, on our last podcast, actually. And one of the things we talked about was there's always that one really elite defensive line that has the older player on it, Nicholas Cronwall, Nicholas Cronwall and Nicholas Lidstrom versus with, you know, some young kid that they're trying to groom to be the next, you know, big guy you know and a uh, big defensive guy and I think Giordano was obviously it was a no-brainer at that point in time because you have a lot of young talent throughout the entire thing but it was just you got to get at least a couple veterans in there to help cement the roster yeah Junas Don, uh, Donskoy too is another really good pick uh, coming over from Colorado and then I just noticed this I'm just throwing this name out there because of the last name and you'll know where I'm going with it but is this John Quinneville kid is that is 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 his dad the coach? I don't I don't I I I can't remember honestly. I think he is. Okay. I mean, it's a, Quinville is a very very strong hockey family. Hockey name, yeah, um, yeah. I just yeah. thought it was funny. And, yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's the fact that he's also coming over from that team as well is like, ugh, you yeah. know, I don't know. It's there was a lot of it was like I said, it was a good draft. They assembled a great team. Um, they picked second tomorrow, um, but it's still just one of those things where I'm just. Like I said, I'm a little salty about it, but that's just because it, I just I, – I think if there's multiple teams, I understand them doing the expansion process that way. But when it's one team, it gets so slated, so heavy, that this team automatically becomes that contender. And it's just like one of those things. It's hockey, and it happens, and this is what's going on. But it's still just like – I mean, the Knights, which is one of the most powerful teams in the NHL right now, that has been consistently at the top and always in the conversation, they didn't have to partake in the draft. They have one of the most talented rosters and they didn't have to partake in the draft because they were the expansion team last time. And it's just, that's kind of the, the souring note of it. It's like, no, if, I mean, if all teams should, you know, put up some players, all teams should put up some players. Yeah, it'd be right. one thing if they're still trying to build their team and weren't that good. But yeah, I think that that's kind of stupid. If you're teams that are in full contender, like, yeah, you're, you're hurting sense. teams that are rebuilding and this team is stacked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, the conclusion of this NHL season was pretty exciting. I mean, seeing Tampa Bay repeat, you know, that's 
we don't see repeats very often, um, you know, right. in any sport. So uh, that was awesome. Uh, the off season, the draft, like you said, I mean, it, it just seems like it's a, a never ending process here um, as we're trying to catch up from the COVID year and everything's just overlaid and we got the NBA draft coming up also. So it's just like, it's a hoot nanny right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. Your boy Cade Cunningham is gonna be going to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. For Ty's yeah. Team. Be fun. yeah. There let's, he goes. Let's do it. He uh that kid's good. That kid's good. Yeah, is. I, I the top three in the talent pool, you know, the top three kids, you know, I really like Mobley. Five, man. Like there's some good players in this yeah. draft. Yeah. Um, there are some balanced players. There's some really good international yeah. talents. That, I mean, there's yeah. Um, the kid from Italy, I can never remember his name. Uh, to me, he kind of seems like he could be a better Gallinari, obviously less size, but, uh, Mm -hmm. really, really like, uh, just a lot of the talent in this draft. It's, there were some key names that backed out and went back to school, but, uh, I mean, there's still talent aplenty. I've seen just as early as today, they said Jalen Green's name is creating a lot of buzz for the number two pick now. So I saw a bet that. that popped up and it was shared in. So this is a, some uh, paywall lifting here. Y'all over in discord, one of our NBA guys and one of our draft people, they uh, were talking about the first three picks and it was an odd of uh, odds of minus minus one twenty, and the exact result of the first three picks being Cunningham green Mobley. And uh, I think that was telling because minus 120 is pretty decent as far as like getting in the middle of, all right, that's a pretty decent heavy favorite, but not too, uh, too much juice. So I think that's the sweet spot sometimes with a lot of bets is that minus 120. So I thought that was telling. Where Green and Kaminga land could be like, that could be the game changer for the path to the pros program and affect college basketball greatly. Yep. This next, like this next few years, because they basically invite the top fifteen picks to do the path to the pros if they want, and or the top fifteen recruits. <clears throat> and if you see those type of guys go in the top four already, like that could be a game changer for the top recruits, and it'll, it'll be change college basketball forever. Yeah, like say if you got a Cunningham coming right out of high school, like how much is one year of college real? I mean, he's gonna learn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the college process, even if it is a year. Yeah. But like you know, yeah. you're drafting for that talent and that rawness anyway. So like, uh, I mean, right. and you saw it as a freshman, first game, he came out just Division one college ball, and like, it, yeah. So, what's a full year really? And you, like you said, I like to piggyback that. I mean, it's going to change recruiting, I think, too. I told Duncan and Ty a few weeks ago I, that I think, I think the big game changer will be if uh, Bronny James decides to do the path to the pros with the big name there. Like, I think that's going to be the biggest catalyst ever for for any of that. If LeBron tells him like go do this program, college isn't doing anything for you, especially with some of LeBron's favorite college coaches now going to be out of the game by the time his son is in college with Roy Williams and Coach uh, Coach K being gone after this year. Like, I don't think there's like that 
definite landing spot where you think LeBron will send his want to send his kid to college, but you never know. Yeah. I uh I hate seeing all these coaches leave, but you know, uh oh. Jim Beheim, you know, he's still there. Like so uh yeah. Hopefully yeah. he uh gives us a couple more years, but it's inevitable. It stinks, but yeah. uh yeah. Bronny would be cool at Syracuse. I mean, just saying. Like that'd be like if he did go to a college I don't in Bayhawk. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't see that. Like the way that they play has clearly affected guys coming into the league. I mean, obviously mm. Carmelo is the exception there, but like the two three, how the how they stress that it's just not I mean, not that NBA teams don't play that ever but it's I just I think that he'll want him in a system that can translate definitively to the NBA yes and I don't think you're getting that at Syracuse nowadays that's a very good point very good point um well guys I think man I don't even remember everything that we talked about but we talked we talked about a bunch of stuff yeah we covered some turf that's for sure um this is something of sports yeah 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 five dollar special um except it's free because it's a free (laughs) podcast um yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and just kind of start doing an informal wrap here and start kind of taking us on to the end of the show um again speaking with some dear friends of mine if you, you know, forgot throughout the portion of the podcast, but Ty James, Aaron Pasal on Twitter at two fingers is where you find Ty. And that's with the AHS at the end. That's why I said it funny. And then at a underscore P A S S O W is where you find Aaron. So, and then the tailgate podcast at tailgate KCPN. You've got to give all three of those a follow. And, you know, if they make it to where you can follow it twice, do it again. So, guys, I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen. I know with having a new child, Ty, it's uh, challenging. Aaron, you're super busy with work. I'm super busy with work. And uh, I had fun. I'm really glad that we were able to get this done, guys. For sure. Yeah, we do need to do this more often, man. Well, don't sound excited about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm totally i'm always down especially yeah. uh coming up i mean fantasy football is one of my jams and it's getting close yes i mean football yeah. in general but... football in general yeah, yeah i'm so excited to have football back yeah that will tell us that everything is right in the balance of the world uh come in a month or so hey don't trade alvin kamara this year yeah you know uh i almost made a joke about that and i was hoping <laughs> that you weren't gonna for, we're, we're gonna forget that so hey i won't i, I learned my lesson He's wearing an alvin kamara jersey right now uh, and i'm pretty okay. sure he did it because can i still keep <laughs> i did him? on purpose can i keep him can i just like no nah, you traded him yeah, <laughs> but like there's like you know i can do it though or take taxis <laughs> yeah okay well <laughs> anyways the show just found that out at the end and it was what i was trying to hide during the fantasy football part i did get james robinson in return uh, and some other stuff but uh yeah don't trade alvin kamara or nick chubb or someone else that you take in the first it's not an advisable strategy coming from the guy that didn't win his league last year 
who was sitting pretty pre-trade and got antsy and you know where the story goes i should be standing on the corner i didn't take glass but for that move alone there should be a punishment i think uh but that's no, you're good i get okay. i get the i get the last place trophy this year first yeah. time in fantasy football and i got the last place trophy Dude, but i you i gotta say don't bet on todd Gurley, marky groom and all the old running backs yeah yeah you you kind of got uh well the saquon injury was bad you know it or, yeah. yeah it just gotta love fantasy football what? that's what it's here for yep. so and there will be definitely plenty of content from ty duncan and aaron on said subject and football and everything else sports in general over at kcpn Kansas city public network and again this was today in sports betting do not forget the promo codes Manscaped.com is HoopBall20, which I'll have a pre-recorded little diddly where I'll talk about their products and all that good stuff. Lawnmower 4.0, built-in LED light, all that good stuff. MyBookie.ag, sign your grandma up. Use that promo code HoopBall. Just tell her there's slot machines, there's blackjack. You know, use it to sports bet yourself. Like, that's what I did. So uh, sign them up. HoopBall, HoopBall20 on Manscaped.com. As always, I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. Let's have a safe, kind, and awesome Thursday. Do something nice and kind for someone if you can. And uh, today in sports betting is out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.